Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 150, Ranger Nation interview, Ryan Parrott, MMPR TMNT, issue 1, recorded on December 3rd, 2019. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 Today we are interviewing Ryan Parrott, best known in Ranger Nation as the writer for Boom Studios' Go Go Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and the upcoming MMPR TMNT five-issue miniseries. His other comic works include Star Trek Starfleet Academy, the creator-owned comics of Volition and Oberon, and the upcoming Death to the Army of Darkness. I want to welcome you to Ranger Command Power Hour, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. Wow, it's a lot of credits when you <laughs> roll them all out like that. I feel like a big deal. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, well, you are a big deal because you're writing Power Rangers, and a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it, yes. It is an exceptional amount. It's an overabundance of Power Rangerness. yes. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to ask you, are... Are you okay? Like, <laughs> are you no. getting enough sleep? <laughs> oh, God, I gave up sleep years ago. It's like caffeine. You just don't do it anymore. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot. There are moments when um, I've had conversations with my editor, and she's like, so let's talk about Kim. I go, okay, which version, in which timeline, and in which, which period of the, right? like, what, what are we talking about here? So there are moments when it gets a little confusing as to who we're talking about and why we're talking about it. But uh, I am very lucky to be able to get to work on this franchise and get to be the fact that they've given me, put as much faith in me is kind of amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll run out eventually. (laughs) Well, I don't know because I just read the first issue for Ninja Turtles crossover and it's awesome. Oh, awesome. I think you're the first person I've talked to who has read it, so that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, before Power Rangers, I was a child of the 80s and 90s, and really Ninja Turtles for me was like my childhood before Power Rangers. Blankets, t-shirts, toys, you name it, that was it. So to see like these two franchises like finally come together, even though they did it in, in space... Right, uh, but to see them come into comic form, which is where the turtles began, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm exactly like you. I think I was about the right age for turtles. I think it was perfect. Like, I think I was like eight or nine. I mean, I had all the action figures, and so like I didn't have just the action figures. I had like the set of turtles, and then I had like four more sets, like which is like. <laughs> undercover undercover the trench coat masked donatello version and space astronaut Raphael and like all the crazy ones and then i had like the carrying case and needle notes <laughs> i even saw them on the coming out of our shells tour the musical review oh that they gosh. did oh i went to that so like i'm a pretty big turtles fan <laughs> um so yeah this was a big deal to me i was i was a little scared but like this is this was a dream come true i was kind of like the same as you i also like star trek so i had like the star trek ninja turtle figures that they made yeah 
Absolutely. Those things are fantastic. It's weird how the colors all end up lining up in odd ways, right? Right. You're just like, it was weird. I love that they, the cart, the, the action figures I saw where they had them in like, like they had Donatello, I think they had Donatello in a red shirt because he's like Scotty, but he had a purple mask. Right. And I was just like, well, that's just confusing. And so, but yeah, it totally, yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> so this crossover is pretty huge, uh, at least for the fandom. And we actually had a lot of our listeners ask some questions and kind of like the big theme was which Ninja Turtles like iteration is this or is this just part of the multiverse of Ninja Turtles that are out there? Well, the way that I approached it was um, sort of the same way that I approached Go-Go a little bit, which was like mm. I wanted to sort of take the show that I remember and sort of do a modernization of it. So, like, I thought the biggest reason is if when you're combining two franchises, you can't expect everybody who has been reading the Ranger, Power Ranger comic books to know everything about the Turtle comic mm-hmm. books and vice versa. And so, because I, I remember when I've told people I was doing this, like, which I've been bragging about immensely for weeks. <laughs> um, but, like, you tell people, they're like, oh, I really love those when I was a kid. And they're like, I didn't even know they made comics for that. And I was like, yeah, well, you know. But, so that's my point is, like, I wanted to make it accessible to even the passing uh, Power Ranger and Ninja Turtles fan. So mm-hmm. to keep it sort of basic and kind of do like the way that I sort of explain the turtle version is it's kind of a combination of the cartoon series. It's got a lot of influences from the first movie because I thought that was a really, I love that characterization to me. That's the, yeah. the that's where Raphael sort of found his voice. Mm-hmm. And so I always loved that. And so it's a little bit of a combination between that the comic book and the movie all sort of mixed together in a sort of my version. So it's like a very basic sort of turtles. And and that's kind of why Jenica is not in the story. It's kind mm-hmm. of why Venus isn't in the story because uh, to, in order for those people to be in the story, I would have to explain, oh, who they are and where they came from. And I just, I just like, let's not, this, it's only five, <laughs> issues, we've got 20, 200 characters to get through. Let's not overblow it with, with all of that. So just keeping it sort of like tight and true, or, mm-hmm. you know, like original version seemed like the, the way to make it accessible for as many fans as possible. One of the great little lines in this issue was a reference to Raphael wearing clothes, which referenced the movie. And I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he always wore Who was that? I think that was a big turtle in a trench coat. Yeah. Before, right? Yeah, exactly. I remember that line like it's the back of my hand. So, like, if I get throw a Jose Canseco reference into this comic at some point, it might be in there. So, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the dichotomy of this issue. Like you're focusing on, on both teams coming together and it's kind of interesting that the turtles, when we first see them in this comic, they're doing the thing that they always do talking about hypotheticals and what would it like to be human? And I just, I really like that quality that you brought in from different variations of turtles. Thank you. That early version came from talking to my editor, Daphna. Like, she was talking to me. She's sort of a pretty hardcore, like, Power Ranger, but she doesn't know a lot about the turtles. So she kind of asked some, like, sort of layman questions about the turtles and was like, so, like, what makes them different than the Power Rangers? And I was like, well, they're brothers. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what I, and I – and she was like, so that's how they – like, brothers – you know, I was a when before I became a comic book I was actually a nanny for two boys, and so uh, and they play and so like I've seen little the way that little kids sort of can be the best of friends at one moment and then still just know how to needle each other. And I thought that's what I want to that's the tone that I want for the turtles is they're they're four fifteen or sixteen year old boys mm-hmm. who fight and just get on each other's nerves because they don't have any other friends <laughs> because, <laughs> because they can't. 
because they're turtles. So, like, that's the frustration. It's like they only have each other, but they also, the great strength is they only have each other. And mm-hmm. so that's the tone that I wanted to to sort of elicit in that opening scene of just them. And just, you know, also, it's just find ways to have them all sort of, how do you prove everybody else's point of view? You know, how they're not, pro- uh, how do you how do you get all the different characters to sort of feel like different Mm-hmm. versions and I, I was just trying to find a way to really get you to, to to learn all the different personalities as quickly as possible for anybody who doesn't know who the turtles are which you know you should know by now <laughs> if you're living under a shell i guess um, all right. All right. <laughs> so we actually had one of our listeners mason merrill he wanted to know does the story take place in the continuity of gogo slash mmpr comics or is this kind of in its own world because at least from what i took of it it seems we're kind of like in that period in Gogo where Tommy kind of went off on his own after he started losing his powers. Um, maybe I actually think it might be even earlier than that. Like it actually mm. might be closer to like Kyle's run when oh, okay. like he's part of the team, but he's not like maybe like at the, at the tail end of Kyle's run where he was like Kyle, like Tommy's part of the team and he you know he feels like he is, but the Green Ranger has just sort of been sort mm. of been pulled in that's where that's kind of where i spotted it at sort of like middle uh middle of season one a little bit okay yeah that's just where i was putting it yeah nice and i think it's kind of interesting that not only the main crossover that we had in the tv show with the turtles in in space and then this iteration this kind of continues the tradition of the turtles knowing about the power rangers but not the other way around yeah i actually thought that was really important that was one of the things i actually thought was great was because they've already encountered each other in the universe obviously i thought well that's great because most of these these sort of like universe crossover stories mm-hmm. require that you spend like the first half of the first issue just explaining why the two why, why, you know, if you're doing, you know, uh, I think, remember, they did Batman Teenage Mutant Turtles. were like, oh, well, they, you know, they spent a good <laughs> issue explaining why Batman ended up in that world and how the, and so I, or the other way around. And I mm-hmm. thought, or like Spider, Into the Spider-Verse, it becomes a big part of the story. And I thought, well, I don't actually have to deal with that. I can just say, since they, they exist on the show, they exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then why don't they know each other? And I thought, well... The Power Rangers are fighting giant monsters in Angel Grove. So there's no way that no one knows about the Power Rangers. But the turtles, part of what makes them cool is they're ninjas. They're not supposed to be yes. seen. They fight in the shadows. And I thought, well, wouldn't that be interesting if the turtles know who the rangers are, but the rangers have no idea who the turtles are. And they, they also, they share so many, I mean, I've, I've used this in a few interviews, but it's the point. It's like, one of the things I love about this, this crossover is that if I said, okay, this story is about color-coded teenagers who fight, uh, who fight henchmen and giant uh, monsters slash mutants while, that work for some sort of crazy uh, warlord and uh, using technology from other universes, and they're governed by a wise sage. I could be talking about even one of the franchises, right? Exactly. <laughs> so what I thought was so, so I was like, okay, if they do share that much in common, then mm-hmm. what's what's the difference? And that's kind of what hints at the point of the story to me, which is this idea that these people are both saving the world, but one of them's doing it out in the light and one of them's doing it in the darkness. And if that's the case, what would it be like for the other group to learn what it's like to walk in the shoes of the of the other team? Like, what's it mm. like? What are the benefits of that? And what are the uh, the, the the downsides of that? And that's that's where the, the central themes and ideas of the story came from. That's excellent because, yeah, just from the opening, even like, kind of narration quote about 
brothers and that really the only people that know you before you know you is the people that you grew up with. I I think that was that was pretty powerful to kind of kick all of this off. I'm good. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote that late in the game. I was like, how do we start this thing? (laughs) I just, I like the little hints of maybe some of the places we're going to see in this, Mm -hmm. in this mini series. So I kind of like how that all kicked off. Cool. I'm glad. Steve F at hit people guy, one of our listeners, he said, which power ranger would make up the fifth member of the turtles group? What person has the right mix of attitude to be a unique voice in the other group? If any of the Power Rangers were just to join the Ninja Turtles for a day. God, well, I think they all kind of could. <laughs> that's, not, that's a terrible answer. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, this isn't directly answering your question, but, like, it, it sort of it ties into what I think he's asking, which is what I liked about it was the pairings. Like, I thought yes. that was my favorite thing about writing them, because like, there's kind of the obvious pairings, which is, like, Michelangelo and Zach seem like they would have a ton in common. Like, I can yeah. see Mike and Zach, be, you know, literally skateboarding through the tunnels of New York City and having a ball. And, like, obviously, Leonardo and Jason uh, would sort mm-hmm. would go into the deep, the deep dive of sword fighting. Uh, and, like, they just, like, there's so many things that they already, they automatically share in common. But, like, then there's the ones that are actually kind of surprising to me. Like, I actually found that writing this, my favorite pairing was uh, Raphael and Trini. Oh, Wow. Yeah, because you'd think Raphael and, and Tommy. you think, oh, right, okay, right. you guys that dude trying to out-attitude each other. And uh, But I thought there was something really interesting about the fact that, like, Trini, to me, uh, the way I've portrayed her, or, mm-hmm. like, aimed for, is the idea she's sort of, like, the soul of the team. Like, she's the one who's very empathetic. She very mm-hmm. She's very in tune with the feelings of the other people on the team. And Raphael is the most emotional member of the Turtles, in my opinion. He's yeah. the one who pretends he's not angry and pretends he's fine, but he's the one who has all these deep sort of feelings and he's like kind of frustrated. And whenever he opens up about anything, it seems like it has the most weight. And so the idea that when you combine someone who has a lot of deep emotional turmoil with somebody who can feel that in someone, you end up getting some really interesting soul-searching conversations and deep conversations that you wouldn't necessarily get with other members. Like, mm-hmm. Tommy and Raphael aren't going to sit around and talk about their feelings. That's not going to no. happen. <laughs> but, but Trini can sense that stuff out, and I mm-hmm. really thought that was one of the things I really enjoyed. So I guess if I could put one, I, I think Trini would be such a fascinating member to throw into the group because it would just be such a weird combo. She could, like, I think she, <laughs> she could just sense all of the, of the... She could play psychiatrist for all four of the turtles easily. Uh, but yeah. Oh, nice. What do you think is uh, each ranger's favorite pizza? <laughs> oh, I, I, I will not tell you right now because I oh. guarantee you that's in the series. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I will tell you that right now, that that is definitely something that comes up in the story. So I apologize for dodging that question in the present. <laughs> I think really think that the um, designs for the turtles are pretty unique. Simone is the artist, uh, Simone DeMio. So what was the creative process with him on that? Did you have some input in that? Was there anything that you wanted to specifically convey of how the turtles look? Actually, I'll be honest, Simone was pretty self-sufficient on this one. When he brought him on, I had all these ideas and notes and thoughts. And then my editor sent me like the first drawing he did of all the turtles together. And it's just the four of them standing there. And I think mm-hmm. Michelangelo's eating a piece of pizza. It might be out there on the internet. Michelangelo's eating a piece of pizza. And on the right side is the, is the shape of their masks. 
And what I thought was so cool was is that Simone was was like, look, they look very similar. They're all four mm-hmm. turtles. The only difference is there's like a slight shading between the different colors. So what I loved is he took the mask. His idea was, how do we take the masks and try and incorporate some of the characterization into the mask? Mm. As you look at the mask, like Raphael's is very edged and has like a sort of a downward V, like a scowl in it. And Michelangelo's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger and broader. And Leonardo's covers more of his head, almost like a do-rag. And I love that he was like thinking about how can you incorporate character into their visuals immediately? And when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to be fine. This is going to be so easy because he's already thinking, how can he make this version of Turtles like his own? And mm-hmm. I, so I actually didn't have that much to do with the uh, with this part of this, with the designing. The Turtles were very much his idea and he and he had them from the word go. So that was really cool. Yeah, th- I think they all really look great. I've seen that picture floating around and I think changing up the mass is like a brilliant move. Yeah, it feels different, but doesn't feel like it's being so different to co- to be like completely outside the ra- you know right. what I mean? Like it's, it's like it's just it's just enough of a variation that doesn't that still like feels like it's still true to the 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 turtles. It just feels like a you know it's like I'm gonna put my little stamp on it, but but I'm not gonna go overboard. I, and I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Some other things about this issue when introducing the Power Rangers, there's. Um, Apocalyptopus. <laughs> Apocalyptopus. Yep. That is just such a great name. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will say this. Power Rangers as a show has set a pretty high bar for weird and bizarre creatures and namings of those creatures. Yeah. So I usually start with like, okay, what's the weirdest name I can come up with? <laughs> and like, I remember I was sitting there and I was like, Apocalypse, Apocalypse, Apocalypse. <laughs> And it'll be a giant, it'll be a giant uh, uh, octopus, but like, it'll have all, and the idea was like, originally it was like, it'll have like all the things from Revelations, like it'll have a sword and a thing of scales and a giant crown and, and it's freaking in biblical verse. And I think Simone was like, settle down, dude, settle down. So. <laughs> there was the crown. There was the crown? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, so we got, yeah. But yeah, it's always a fun process of like coming up with a name and a character and then sort of setting up the artist and being like, go with God. Good luck with that. And then, because I, I could just kind of come up with it, but they're the ones who actually have to activate it and, like, you know, make it real. So mm-hmm. it's always, it's fun. Like, that, it's been, it's, <laughs> I've worked with, I think, three or four different artists now with different creature names, like War Bunny. And <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think who else I've had. I really liked, I, I really liked Hammerdillo, or I think it was Hammerdillo. That was fun. It's just like, you know, it's always kind of fun. It's like, it's a process, but mm-hmm. I knew it was just going to kind of be a throwaway monster, someone that was going to be someone that you fight at the beginning, but. Yeah, I was really proud of that name. That's why it's in giant letters across the middle of the book. <laughs> we also had another listener at Strider Xanthos. He wanted to know, was Mighty Morphin the only selection for the crossover? Or was there any consideration for any other Power Rangers team? I think because this is the first one, it was really always going to be Mighty Morphin. Mm-hmm. Just because that's the one that, you know, it's the one the series is doing. It's the one the comic books have been doing for such a long time. Not to say that you couldn't do more crossovers down the line. I think that actually would be kind of awesome to, to, to if you ended up having the Turtles encounter, like, Time Force or, uh, you know. Uh, or even one of the Ninja Seasons. Yeah, you're, absolutely. That seems obvious. Like, yeah. that would be really fun to do. <laughs> Thank you. Like I, that should have been my go-to. I'm an idiot, but, but, but like that, I think that would be fun to do it online. You could actually do some really cool different variations on them. You could really do mm-hmm. some crazy things with the turtles. But I think because these two groups had never met, and MMPR is such a big, it's kind of you know, it's sort of the 
regardless whether or not you like this or not. I know there's an open debate out there. Uh, I, I have seen it creep into my timeline occasionally. Uh, but, you know, MMPR is the one that most people think about when you, even casual fans. So it just seemed yeah. like if you're going to start one, you should probably start with the one that the casual fans know. They also wanted to know, do you have a favorite Ninja Turtles theme song? The original, 2003, Back to the Sewer. Oh, wow. 2012, uh, all that. <laughs> I'm going to say Vanilla's, uh, Vanilla Ice's um, uh, Turtle... <laughs> Turtle rap. I think that's the one that I remember the best. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So going into the actual turtles fighting the Rangers, it's one of my favorite parts of the issue just because it really brings out uh, those pairings, especially some of the dialogue in this, like Donatello already talking about nerdy terms to, and he doesn't know the blue Ranger. And it's it's just kind of funny how they all meet up, even similar weapons like with Donatello's bow staff and Billy's lance. Yeah. So I don't know if I really had a question there. Just like I, I really appreciate the dialogue in these scenes, particularly. Yeah, I was I took this a long time ago. Someone said it. Somebody much, much smarter than me said it. And I thought it was really true it was like fights. Um, should reveal character. That's mm-hmm. their fight should be used not to just forward plot, but reveal character. And I thought that's exactly what this fight should be. It should be the fact that when Donatello fights up against them, that all of a sudden the, his sort of inner fan geek comes out and he can't help but ask all the questions he's ever wanted to ask because he doesn't know when to get the opportunity again. The idea that that they think they're fighting Rita's monsters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's a little bit about where they are and the, why they're doing it. And, and like, I, I think there's one where Leo and Jason are fighting and literally the only thing that Leo Nice says, sword. Nice sword. Like, it's just like, cause they're so like, all right, sword fight. Boom, 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 boom. Nice. Cool, man. Like, that's just like, you, that does a lot. The fact that they are, they aren't joking around and like bantering. They're just like, they're kind of into it. It tells you stuff. And that was fun. It's always fun when the fight can take on the personality of the characters and hopefully let you explain. And then you get sort of the relationships between the people. And that I mm-hmm. thought was really fun. And I and also I've been dying to put these the, the line about how does Tommy play the flute, the real metal face play for so long. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I, that's going in here. I know someone's going to hit me for that, but I am I'm putting that in there. I died laughing <laughs> when I read that. I was like perfect like i'm glad i'm glad it's finally out there in in continuity <laughs> like that is something someone has said and now it is out there <laughs> you can't put that back in the can't put that toothpaste back in the toothpaste bottle yeah exactly and also there was uh, one other major character that was introduced in this comic and she's not a stranger to ninja turtle fans and that's karai yeah can you talk a little bit about where she came into this book and how you fit her into the story. Yeah, she actually was somebody that I found as I was doing research for this because originally mm-hmm. it was actually going to be uh, Tetsuo mm. uh, from the movie because I was like, okay, I want there to be a middle. I don't want to just be Shredder and a bunch of Foot Clan foot soldiers. I was like, there's got to be some other people in there. And so I'd gone back and I'd watched some of the TV show and I'd looked through some of the comics and her name just kept popping up. And I discovered to the benefit of the series that she's become quite a big part of the story of the Turtles, even though she's I don't think she's actually in the original 90s TV show. Mm -hmm. And don't quote me on that. It's possible she is. I just missed her. But I don't think she is. I think she's a later edition. Yeah. But she has such an interesting relationship with Leonardo. She has an interesting relationship with Shredder. And I just thought the idea of putting in someone who was sort of like a mid-level weapon or like a mid-level boss is kind of a weird way to say I don't want to apply video game terms here. But that, (laughs) that was the way I was looking at her was like she just 
it was nice to have somebody be the voice of the Foot Clan that wasn't Shredder for me, and I thought that was a helpful way to do that. Um, and, I'll, and, and you'll see more of her as the series progresses. Oh, but sure. um, she was a late addition, and I was really happy when I found her because I just thought uh, – also – because it's always good to get more women into the story too. Oh yes, get a little heavy with the dudes, and I was like, "All right, this got to be a good." Oh hey, this girl works, so that worked out pretty well. Cool. I'm just really excited for the the future of of this miniseries because there's there is so many possibilities and different ways that this could go. This episode will come out this Saturday, mm-hmm. so people should have read it by now. Is there anything you can? maybe tease well, the good fans. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you good fans out there if you haven't read this it's saturday what are you doing no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. um anything i could tease yeah for maybe issue two uh yes the last page of issue two was my pitch for the series oh so that's the best it's something the pitch i gave when i was like i want to do power rangers and ninja turtles crossover and i want to do it because of this and so when you get to the end of issue two, you'll understand what my initial reasoning for doing the series was. I would give you more, but that would be yeah. cheating. <laughs> um, but uh, what else? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to like, uh, look, yeah. somebody asked me in an interview and they were like, how do you make this more than just a, you know, a 10 year old playing with action figures? <laughs> and, and, or no, I think the exact way was like, I hope that this is more than just a 10 year old playing with action figures. And I was like, actually, that's still the way I break all stories. So no, uh, <laughs> no, it's just going to be that. But that was kind of what I did when I sat mm-hmm. down. I just literally was like, what were the things I always wanted to see and had questions about? Right. And then my goal was to find the story that allowed me to do that. And I don't mean that as in terms of fan service, because I definitely, I'm definitely trying to write a story that adds depth to character and, mm-hmm. and these characters hopefully feel different and change by the end of this. But I also write visually. I always think, you know, comics are a visual medium and I think you should write to those moments that you want to see because mm-hmm. those are the things that you remember. And so there's a lot of stuff that you're going to see going forward. You know, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady are obviously going to be here in some point. Nice. Uh, there might be another sidekick in the Turtles world that would be really cool if that character shows up. Mm. Okay. That's what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> um, and also just seeing different interactions. I think yeah. one of the fun things is, is sort of like, how are the Turtles going to deal with facing off against Rita? And how would Power Rangers deal with facing off against Shredder? Because those are two very different villains. One's, you know, Shredder mm-hmm. gets his hands dirty and is a very good martial artist. And I don't think they've ever faced off any, with anybody who's as good, who doesn't use magic against them, but just uses pure strength and ability. And I, I, I was really excited to see that happen. But yeah, and you know, obviously there's Zords and monsters and a lot of opportunity for that stuff too. So like all the things that you want to see, I think, oh, yeah. uh, hopefully will be in here. Um, and maybe a few surprises, hopefully, if I did my job right. So we'll see. Nice. Well, yeah. Ryan, I just thought that this entire issue was a lot of fun. And coming from one Turtles fan and Rangers fan to another, great job. Because this really made everything come together for me and... Uh, It was just a lot of fun reading this, and I can't wait for the upcoming issues. Awesome, man. Thank you. And if you want to talk again uh, even before the series is over, man, I'm I'm totally open to it. That would be uh, be awesome. Oh, absolutely. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show today. We'd love to have you back and talk more about the comics at some point. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. 
A big thanks to Ryan Parrott for taking the time out to talk with me for this episode. I also want to thank Boom Studios for giving us the opportunity to do this interview as well as them coordinating this interview. Also, thanks to everyone of our listeners that actually submitted a question for this interview at the last minute. I want to thank Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam, at Strider Xanthos, at Digiranger1994, at Mason Merrill, at Hit People Guy, Steve F., Ash at Deoxy360, Juan Carlos Sanchez at Orange SPD Ranger, Cut 2000 Woodman at Scree Cut 2000, and Jerusalem Garcia Jordan at Lulubug Cosplay. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check out our website at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. Once again, thanks to Ryan Parrott and Boom Studios. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.